Thank you so much, choir and orchestra, Sophie and Eliana. What a great job. We are so incredibly blessed as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. I want you to find the Gospel of Luke in your Bible, Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. While you're turning there, I want to remind you about next Sunday. I want to encourage you to be here next Sunday and bring somebody with you. And here's what we're doing. As we celebrate our anniversary next week, our 75th anniversary, I've asked you to come with a special gift. And so we said maybe the kids can bring 75 cents, maybe students could do $75 or even more, and maybe you, you've been praying about what God would have you to give next Sunday as we take an offering for Greater Things. Greater Things is our our ministry initiative where we are building a park over off of Highway 96, and the first phase of that park is nearing completion, most likely We'll be playing some ball there in the spring because of your generosity and faithfulness. You've given, thank you for your generosity. You've given so that we can see this dream and this vision become a reality. And so next week, we'll have an opportunity to give a special offering. 10% of what you give on that day goes to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions. And we are going to celebrate. We are so excited about all that God has done. And we are even more excited about the future of Second Baptist Church and the ministry that God has entrusted to us. Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2 today. Now I want you to ask you a question as we, as we begin. Think about, the, think about the characters surrounding the Christmas story. When you think about characters surrounding the Christmas story, many people think of angels and shepherds. Of course, we think of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus We can think of so many characters surrounding the Christmas story, but of course, one of the groups of people we think about are the three wise men. Now, there's a lot of confusion about the three wise men. First of all, we don't really know if there were three. There could have been more than three. We know they brought three gifts. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, History has kind of told us through the years that that, uh, they gave us names for these guys, but We also know the wise men were not there the night of the birth of Christ. We know they came later, probably a couple of years later. Now, this this bothers some uh, some some like super saved extra special Christians, right? When you put your wise men next to the baby Jesus in the nativity scene, it bothers some people. Do you know that? Because they're not there yet. They're supposed to. So what you need to do is you need to drive to Dublin. All right, go east a little bit because they're from the east. Drive to Dublin, drop them off this Christmas, and then go back and get them two years later and bring them back. All right, that's that's what you need. That's what you need to do. Look, it doesn't. Look, I am not one of those pastors that's bothered if you have wise men in your nativity scene like it's it's not it's not a big deal if you want to put them across the room you can do that it's okay but we we don't know a lot about the wise men we know that we're we're magi it's really interesting if you do a study that quite possibly they knew to expect a messiah all the way back because of daniel right so if you do that study it's 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 pretty neat but instead of thinking about the wise men today i wanted to do something really interesting hopefully it's interesting to you I, i wanted to think about The three wise women of Christmas. Three wise women of Christmas. Now, I would assume it's quite possible you've never heard a story like this. There are three ladies surrounding the birth of our Lord and Savior. In Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2, there are three ladies. We hear stories about three different ladies in these chapters surrounding the birth 
of the Savior. Several years ago, I was in Atlanta with a group of pastors, and there was this elderly, faithful pastor named Royce Hewlett. He was the pastor at Oakland Baptist Church in Hazelhurst, Georgia. And at this time, his voice was trembling. I think he'd had some paralysis of his vocal cords. He stood up for about three minutes, and everybody was incredibly captivated when he shared a three-minute devotion about the three wise women of Christmas. So based on that devotion, I'm going to deliver a sermon today. And if you don't like it, call Royce Hewlett, okay? I'm going to deliver a sermon today about three wise women that we see surrounding the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all three of these are found in the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. And we learn some very important lessons from these ladies. Number one, first of all, we see Elizabeth. Elizabeth was a waiting woman. She was waiting. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 1 about this lady, Elizabeth. Her husband was named Zechariah. He was a priest. So Elizabeth was a preacher's wife. Her name was Elizabeth. The Bible tells us many interesting things about Elizabeth and Zechariah. In fact, first we see, when we're introduced to Elizabeth and Zechariah, we, we find out the Bible says they were faithful and obedient to the Lord. The Bible tells us that they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in the statutes of the Lord. The pastor and his wife were ministering in very difficult and dark days. There'd been no word from the Lord for 400 years. Like we turn the page from Malachi to Matthew, it's just one page, but that represents 400 years of silence where no prophet had spoken the word of God. And here's this faithful priest, Zechariah, and his faithful wife, Elizabeth. Not only were they ministering in difficult days, but they were experiencing some difficulty personally as well. The Bible tells us in verse 7 they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now we don't know how old Elizabeth was or how long she'd been married to Zechariah. And we don't know how long they'd been waiting for a child. I will tell you this, the phrase advanced in years changes based on however old I am. So the older you get, advanced in years probably seems a little older, but 20 years ago, it might have been right now for me, all right? They were old, they were advanced in years, most likely she's beyond the childbearing stage, and many of you here today know the desperation and the sorrow that Elizabeth and Zechariah are experiencing. They desperately want to have a child, but they've been unable to have a child, and this is a burden by itself alone. Days that ought to be special and joyful like Mother's Day and Father's Day or, or birthdays, even Christmas, can be difficult for those who desperately want to have a child, yet they've been unable to conceive. And for Elizabeth, it was more than that. There's a social stigma associated with women that could not have children. They were believed Society believed that you were under a curse from God if God had not blessed you with children. And so here the Bible even tells us in verse 25, after she has her baby boy, the Lord has taken away my reproach. Yet here's Elizabeth. What is she doing? She's waiting. She waited. She did not grow angry and bitter. She waited patiently. She was not frustrated Rejecting God, she's faithfully serving, waiting. She never lost her faith. You see, waiting on God is not passive, it is active. Waiting requires focus and attention, especially the kind of waiting when God says, wait on my timing, it is difficult to do. 
But the Bible tells us in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Did you hear that? The Lord is good to those who wait for him. These days, we don't like to wait. We spend a lot of time waiting. Do you know that? Waiting in line at the grocery store, waiting at the drive-thru. There is an, uh, an entire room at your doctor's office called the waiting room. That's all you do in the room is you wait to be seen. Studies have shown that probably somewhere between two to three years of your life, if you're an average American, between two to three years of your life, you're going to simply spend waiting in line. Unless you go to Disney, then you can multiply that times 10. Waiting. We don't like to wait we want what we want, and we want it now. That's why we live in a microwave, drive through fast food society, because we don't like to wait. Information is at our fingertips. We can access it at any moment. We don't like to wait. But here we see an example of one that waited on the Lord. She trusted God. Verse 16 and 17 of chapter 1. She trusted God. She believed His timing was best. And in God's perfect timing, He sent a son a baby boy. We know him as John the Baptist. The Bible says, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him, before who? Before the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and the spirit and power of Elisha to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to wisdom to the, of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. God answered her prayer in his own timing. Now, if God had answered in her timing, the role of John the Baptist would have been very different. If God had answered her prayer in her timing, you probably never would have heard from the lips of her son, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If God had answered her prayer in her timing, he probably never would have been able to say, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. If God had answered her prayer in her timing, John the Baptist would never have been the one to baptize his cousin Jesus. But God's timing is perfect. And I'm telling you today, I don't know what you're waiting on. I don't know what you're praying for. I don't know what you're looking for. And I don't want to imply that if you simply wait long enough, God gives you what you ask for, because that's not what the Bible says. But I will tell you, there is faithfulness in the presence of God while you wait. Wait on God's perfect timing. He knows best. And I'm going to tell you something. He might not give you what you want, but he'll give you what he wants to give you. And that is always best. Elizabeth, the waiting woman. Number two, Mary was a willing woman. Of all the ladies surrounding the story of the nativity, of course, Mary is the most popular. Clearly, the most well-known. That's a good thing. She should be. She was chosen to be the mother of the Son of God. Think about that for a moment. Almost an impossible thought. While the Roman Catholic Church goes way too far in its elevation of Mary, I think it's important for us not to run too far in the other direction. The Bible does say she was favored, she was blessed, and she was chosen to be the mother of the Messiah. God chose her for a reason. Mary was willing to do whatever God asked her to do, she was willing to follow the Lord's will for her life no matter what. Now, we don't, 
We don't exactly know how old Mary was. Quite possibly she was 13 or 14 when the angel Gabriel appears to her and says, Hello there, favored one. You're going to have a son. Chapter 1 and verse 30 tells us this story. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you've found favor with God. And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son. You'll call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary says to the angel, How can this be since I'm a virgin? And he answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called holy the son of god now imagine the scene for a moment mary's minding her own business like most 14 year old girls she's watching a youtube tutorial on how to do her makeup and all of a sudden gabriel appears and says guess what you're gonna have a baby boy not just any baby boy but you're gonna have a son not just any son but the son of god the messiah Now, apparently, Mary had aced Biology 101 because she looks back at the angel and says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? This is not possible. The angel looks back and says, with God, this is going to happen. Now, I just, uh, I had an experience. You ever ever face something in life, you're just going about your business, you're you're just doing whatever you're supposed to do, and it just makes you mad? You ever just get mad at something? I was listening to Christian radio. I got mad at Christian radio this week. I got mad at Christian radio. They're singing a song on the radio. It's a song we all know. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, right? We sing that song at Christmas. So they're singing a song on the radio, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and one of the lines of that song goes like this. Christ by highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time behold Him come, offspring of a virgin's womb except that's not what they said i got mad i have a witness judd was in the car with me right he's like dad you okay i was like no i'm not okay i'm mad like i'm mad because they said offspring of the favored one now mary indeed was the favored one the bible says hello there you are favored of god But when you change that line in the song, you're doing damage to a deep, rich theological principle, the virgin birth of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And without the virgin birth, there is no such thing as the deity of Jesus Christ. Without the virgin birth, there is no such thing as the sinless life of Jesus Christ or Messiah dying on the cross for our sin. Without the virgin birth, there's no salvation. Here she says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? She doesn't say, I'm a young woman, I'm not married. How can this be? Because it is miraculous, the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure Mary's pretty shocked. She doesn't understand, but she says, listen. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Wow. Can you imagine the shock, the wonder, 13 or 14 years old, the maturity to just turn to the Lord and say, God, no matter what it is, even though I don't understand, I'm willing to do whatever you ask me to do, no matter the consequences, willing to suffer the social derision, the the jeers, the stares, the whispers, the eye rolls, the being an outcast, willing to suffer even before her son would be born. Whatever it is, God, that's what I'll do. 
You see, it's easy to say yes to God when you think he's asking you to do something that requires very little sacrifice. Well, I heard from the missions agency, and they're looking for somebody to go be a missionary to the Bahamas. Some wealthy billionaire has donated his mansion on the beach. That will be the ministry center. And when I heard that, I just felt the Spirit of the Lord stirring inside of me. Here I am, Lord, send me, I'll go. I'll sacrifice whatever it takes to share the gospel on the beaches in the Bahamas. That's, that's my call. Like, it's easy for us to surrender to something that we think requires little sacrifice, but total surrender equals complete sacrifice. If we're going to surrender to the Lord completely, we have to be willing to sacrifice. Now, how do I know what we are willing to do or what we're not willing to do? See, when we're called to suffer for his sake, we don't want to do that. When we're called to serve in places we don't want to go or things we don't want to do, we don't, we don't want to do that. How do I know? Because there's really simple things that as a church we ask you to do in serving and very few people actually do it. There are very few things that we are willing to do for the work of the kingdom of God. We say, well, we need somebody to keep the nursery. Pastor, that's not my calling. Somebody else will do that. Well, we need someone to, we need someone to uh, serve in the nursery. We need someone to sing in the choir. We need someone to play in the orchestra. We need someone to teach our kids or our students. Well, thank you, but that's got to be somebody else's job. The vast reality is in the church, ultimately, the minority does most of the work. All right, hey, distraction's over right here, okay? God knows what's up. The enemy doesn't like it. We're going to pay attention to the word, all right? And so we must be willing to do whatever it takes to serve the Lord even when it requires sacrifice. I think it's really interesting when we ask people to serve in certain ways. That's just not my spiritual gift. If you would begin to serve, you would begin to discover the joy of serving and the gifts that God's given you might not even know about. Some people say, well, we need you to to be a greeter. Pastor, I just want to fly under the radar. Some of you are so far under the radar, you're six feet under, okay? (laughs) Everybody, if we're going to be disciples of Christ, everybody needs to be willing to to serve. Mary was willing. We see, first of all, Elizabeth, the waiting woman. Secondly, we see Mary, the willing woman. And we see Anna. Anna was a witnessing woman. We see this in chapter 2, verses 36 through 38. Elizabeth teaches us it's always wise to wait on God. Mary teaches us it's always wise to do God's will And then there's Anna. Anna, the first century prophetess. There she is in the temple waiting for the long-expected Messiah, asking, wondering, hoping, wishing that he will come. We first meet Anna in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38. The Bible tells us there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. There's that phrase again having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then was a widow until she was 84. 
She did not, look at this, she did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day and coming up at the very hour she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. The witnessing woman. I imagine Anna's story is unique in all of Scripture. She's probably married at a young age. But the Bible says she was married for only seven years. Her husband passed away, and now she's 84 years old. So imagine quite possibly being widowed in your mid-20s or early 20s, and then living to 84 years old, never having remarried, and all she focused on was serving the Lord in the temple. All the time, the Bible says, she did not depart from the temple. I have a feeling that this uh, Simeon, who's there at the temple, and Anna were probably good friends. Imagine the conversations that they would have waiting for the Messiah to come in the stillness, in the quiet, 400 years of silence. God had given Simeon a promise. You will not die until you see the Messiah. Imagine the scene with me there one day in the temple as Anna's across the way doing what she would normally do. And Simeon's talking to this new family that's just walked in. Their baby's eight days old. He's come to the temple to be circumcised following the law of Moses. And she sees across the way there Simeon's talking to this young couple with this brand new baby boy. But something seems different. And then she goes about her business not wanting to intrude, but all of a sudden, here's Simeon as he begins to proclaim, this is the one we've waited for. All my life I've been praying and hoping, here's the Messiah, the one appointed for the fall and the rise of many. He is here. I can die in peace. God has fulfilled His promise. Almost immediately, there's Anna rushing over to see this baby boy, and she can't stop telling people all that God has done. What does it say? That very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. She would not stop. There are a lot of people in church today who say they know Jesus, but then they'll say, I'm just not real comfortable telling other people about Jesus. If you have no desire, no care, no concern to tell other people about Jesus, could it be you've never really met Him? It is either we don't understand or we don't care or we don't really know Him at all. Because if we understood the good news of the gospel, that though we are doomed because of our sin, Christ comes to rescue and redeem us. If we understood the eternal destiny of those who are separated from God for all of eternity in a literal place of torment called hell. If we understood the stakes are so high and eternity is so long, we would be desperately pleading with people to know Christ. And here she is every single day. She did not stop telling people about Jesus. God has been good. Here he is. Look what he's done. February of 2013, the animal kingdom was amazed. Those who watch National Geographic photographers and 
people that are really interested, especially bird watchers, they were blown away. They were shocked and surprised. February 5th, 2013, a bird gave birth to its 38th little baby. This wasn't just any bird, though. This bird was a seabird, an albatross, 66 years old. Her name is Wisdom. Everyone was amazed that Wisdom had given birth because one of the reasons is an albatross's reproductive cycle is very similar to that of a human being. So it would be like a 66-year-old lady giving birth to her 38th child. Wow. Everyone's amazed at wisdom giving birth to its 38th baby at 66 years old. They wrote articles about it in the New York Times. I'm just kind of like, who cares about a, grand, a granny bird having babies? Like, what's the big deal, right? To them, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Think about it like this. The world watches as wisdom gives birth to a baby. But we see a baby that brings about the eternal wisdom of God, the Son of God and Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, born of a virgin at the right time to bring hope, salvation, and redemption to people just like you and me. Hey, I, I don't know about you, but I see three wise Women, it's wise to wait on God. It's wise to do His will. And it's wise to tell everyone everywhere all that God has done for you. I'm asking if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes. At this moment, every head bowed, every eye closed, all over this place. Has there ever been a moment in your life where you've repented of your sins and you've trusted in Jesus? Do you know Christ? Are you willing to serve Him? Are you following him in faith and obedience? First and foremost, this morning, there's never been a time in your life where you've trusted in Jesus. I want you to know you can do that now. You can know him today. You say, I don't know what to do. Well, the Bible says we talk to God through prayer. One simple way, if there's never been a time in your life where you've trusted in Christ and you know you need to do that now, you can say a simple prayer like this right where you are. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. I believe the Savior is Jesus. I repent of my sins and I trust in you. I need to be saved. That's you today. If there's never been a time in your life when you've trusted in Jesus, maybe you've got questions about that. Maybe you prayed that prayer right now, this very moment. Text the word RESPOND to the number on your screen, 478-324. 5402. Text the word respond to that number. Maybe you've got questions about what it means to follow Jesus. You want to be a part of this church. You saw some people baptized today and you say, I need to do that. We'll connect with you. We'll tell you what it means to follow Christ. In just a moment here in this room, I'm going to pray. We'll have pastors here to receive you, to talk to you, and to pray with you. And maybe you just need to come down in that moment, come to this altar, do business with God, or come tell one of these guys... I need Jesus. I prayed that prayer. Whatever it is, I'm going to pray. 
As God speaks, as He works and moves in this place, listen to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, would you speak, would you work? Holy Spirit of God, have freedom in this place. Draw men and women to yourself in salvation. Bring us to obedience in Christ's name. Amen.